Hello, hello, and welcome back to the UGA Sports Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by Jason Butt and Ben Bachman. Last week, we did the NFL Draft Recap, where a record-setting 15 Georgia Bulldogs were drafted from the NFL. And a lot of those guys were off of the defensive line. So we have gone through the entire offense, Ben Bachman, and now we are on to the uh, defensive side of the ball. And I think defensive line, you know, jumping right into it. Guys, uh, as always, you can put your comments in. We will answer those throughout the show. And the link to join the show is in the description. So we'd love to talk to you guys. Before we get too deep into the defensive line, though, do want to wish a happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there, especially, uh, you know, the ones that had to put up with the likes of me and Jason and Ben throughout the years. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all of those. And we wish your wives and any mothers watching uh, a happy Mother's Day. Guys, went out to Cracker Barrel for dinner tonight. Had a nice, nice fried steak. Went and ate dinner before the show since you guys give me so much hell about that. And while I was sitting there, I was thinking, man, this defensive line for Georgia. A lot of unknowns. But there is one major known guy, and that's, his name is Jalen Carter. We'll talk about him, obviously. But how do you build back after losing Trayvon Walker, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt? Julian Rochester played a couple snaps last year as well. How do you build back this defensive line that was so dominant for Georgia, which helped stop that rushing attack of multiple teams, turned them into a pass-heavy team, you had rushers coming off the edge. How do you do that? Ben, I'll start with you first. Well, one, I think it's going to be a rotation because a lot of their most talented guys are freshmen of like the uber elite talents. Bear Alexander, Michael Williams, and uh, I'm a huge fan of Kristen Miller. And I know Sean Washington's another big body. The thing is with Georgia, which confuses me, is Marlon Dean came in thinking he was going to be a three technique. This man's an outside linebacker now. He cut over 20 pounds. You can't put him in the D-line group anymore. We're talking edge guys. He would be in that group. So, like, a lot of these guys, Jonathan Jefferson added a bunch of weight. He's up to, like, 300 pounds now. So, these guys are all, like, I don't know what position they're going to place. And a lot of these guys are inexperienced. So, it's really tricky to talk about. But, obviously, having Jalen Carter, he's a top, to me, outside of Will Anderson, he's probably the number two player in next year's draft in terms of talent outside of Will Anderson. He's the second best player to me. And then you get to the two quarterbacks. So you have an uber elite talent that's made the most talented defensive lineman in your program history. So that's good. And he's going to be on the field a lot. I think the big name to watch for next year is Tieran Ingram Dawkins. So when you talk about how to replace that, I think it's him. He was hurt last year and that was a loaded uh, defensive line. So he couldn't play. Plus they knew because of his injury and since he was a freshman, no need to rush him. I saw him in the G-Day game wreck havoc. And I remember watching his film and studying him as a recruit. And I was like, this guy is one of the best defensive linemen Trey Scott's pulled since he's been here. Trey Scott has a huge gem in him. And I think if there's a guy outside Jalen Carter who has first-round pick type potential one day, I think Taryn Ingham Dawkins is the guy with the potential um, to be that. Obviously, Michael Williams as well. But I'm not going to put a lot on a freshman right away unless I see on the depth chart he's a starter. I think Taron Angry Dawkins could potentially take over for Zion Logue in that starting spot. That's how high I am on him. Jason, 
What do you think about this? Uh, it's it's going to be different. It's going there are a ton of snaps that were lost in the draft. Right. So how do you kind of move forward from this? If you, yeah, if you're Trey Scott, I, I, I mean, I think you have to co- go into it just knowing right off the bat. And I think Trey Scott and the coaching staff knows. I think the fan base, uh, people who who want to keep going business as usual from last year have to have to realize more so than the coaching staff that what happened last year just will not happen in 2022. It, it, you don't lose the, those kind of players on an all world defensive line of the likes that Georgia has never seen before and just repeat itself. I don't think you're going to get the, the run game uh, or the defense against the run game production that you did. Um, I think you can still get edge production. Don't get me wrong. I, I just don't think that you're going to to uh, hold teams to, you know, what was it? Something like three yards of carry or whatever. I forget what that number was last year. And, and not to mention the uh, the point total per game, the average points per game. Um, uh, you know, you're just not going to see that this year. Uh, but that said, you still you recruited really well. Georgia recruited really well at the position. So that's not to say this still won't be a really good defensive line. It's just not going to be what we saw this past year. When, when you talk about uh, three first-round defensive linemen, uh, that, that's just crazy. So, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, as, as Ben said, uh, all-world, uh, you know, probably top two. Maybe, you know, you could make the case that he's the, the best defender, best overall player in next year's draft if everything goes as planned this year. Um you know, uh, I, I'm also with him on the freshman. Ingram Dawkins is a guy who stood out in, at G-Day, and uh, uh, so I'm with Ben on that as well. Um, at the same time, man, it, it's it's going to be uh, – I, I think it's going to be trial by error at the start of the year. I think you've got so many new guys that are cracking the rotation outside of Jalen Carter that you're going to have to to kind of learn on the fly with, with live reps who are the guys? Who are the ones who are who are going to get you there near the end of the season? And who are the ones who might look good in practice, but maybe can't produce on Saturdays during uh, during those live bullets? I mean, who after Jalen Carter? Who's the who's the second best defensive lineman on this on this team? Is there a clear second right now? That's the thing. No, I think man, probably, not at that's all. Probably, yeah, that's the thing. I think Georgia fans have become accustomed to in the recent years. They're, they've had at least two guys on that defensive line to where they can say, yeah, both these guys, we can count on them. Then we, then we can add three through five or three through six, and we can kind of mold those guys after Jalen Carter. I don't know who that number two guy is. There's a lot, a lot of hype about Zion uh, Logue coming out. Uh, Ingram Dawkins. We saw him in the spring game. Looked great. He was playing with that first team uh, defensive line. Then you have, like Ben said, there's so many freshmen. I mean, if you count the redshirt freshmen and then the incoming freshmen, you have uh, three, six, you have nine total freshman defensive linemen on your roster, with three of those being, uh, you know, redshirt freshmen. No true sophomores. So Marlon Dean, Ingram Dawkins, and Jonathan Jefferson obviously did not play a ton of snaps last year because they weren't needed. So no true sophomores. Then you have that loaded junior class where a ton of them were from Tennessee. Uh, Bill Norton, Zion Legault, Warren Brinson, Jalen Carter, Nazir Stackhouse, and then you have the one senior, Tremel Walther, who played a lot. He played a lot last year. Walther did. His PFF grade wasn't that great. If you really tuned in on Walther playing, uh, he was more of a body in there than anything, just kind of a stopgap to give some of the other guys some rest. I think uh, Muhammad put into the chat here, 
She said Robert Beal will have a big season. We can kind of make this a defensive line slash linebacker chat if we want to and just get the, both the positions out of the way, guys, if you want, because they so combine edge. Yeah, you got okay, I mean, yeah. at, at this now, you have to kind of combine that edge position because I don't know how many of these guys on the defensive line, you're going to have to rely on Jalen Carter, obviously. He's, but he's going to get double teamed a lot unless like Ingram Dawkins can step up. Warren Brinson had some flashes in the pan. Uh, Nazir Stackhouse looked decent. I think Walter's going to get a lot of playing time as well. But after that, then you're going to have to rely on those edge guys. And Ben, Robert Beal, and Nolan Smith are going to be the two leaders, right? Yeah, because we haven't seen them pulling a transfer yet, which apparently they're still looking at guys, which I just find is crazy to the point that we haven't really heard that much, and it's May 8th. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, it's going to be Nolan Smith and Robert Beal. I saw in like 90% of mock drafts for the way too earlys, which I know they're just throwing stuff at a wall. Anthony Richardson, top five or six in a lot of mock drafts. <laughs> I'm not buying that. When you have six touchdowns, five interceptions, and are not even the quarterback one yet or your school – so I get that. But Nolan Smith and almost all of them is in the first round. And he was the number one recruit at high school. He's flashed a lot. And you know what? Pro Football Focus graded him as a number one edge defender against the run last year. And that's something that if people watched, like in that Bama game on the chase down, I believe it was on the two-point conversion, that's nuts how good he is in contain and covering ground on the run and setting well, the edge. It's so let's... underrated of his game that nobody wants to talk about it. Let's talk about Beal. I mean, there were we knew this for a while. Beal was thinking about leaving. I mean, Beal was he not the getting portal. the playing time. Uh, what'd you say, Ben? He did enter the portal at one point. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he wasn't getting playing time. And then everything kind of lined up in Beal's, you know, direct way, if you will. Unfortunate for Adam Anderson. Uh, some injuries, things like that. And the next thing you know, you've seen, you know, Beal jump out there. Uh, and he's going to he's gonna play a lot next year. I mean, because if we're talking about outside linebackers, kind of edge guys, MJ Sherman, he's a junior. Yeah. We haven't seen a ton out of him. He was a big-time prospect. After that, you got to then go to like Marvin Jones Jr., who's going to be a true freshman. And Chaz Chambliss. Chaz Chambliss, lunch pail kid. He's going to be out there. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be – I don't know, man. It's just going to be interesting. Phil Rogers says, hey, guys, just play dually ball, control the ball, and run clock. That's interesting because I don't know if you can do that this this year as much as you did last year with the running backs that you have. I think they're actually going to be a little bit more pass heavy. Well, that, that, we're talking about defense side of the ball, but guys, get your questions in. This is kind of we we have a, a way we want to do the show. We'll, we try to talk about each topic, but I'd much rather answer your guys' questions than than us just stick to a, a defensive line, if you will, or whatever. Because we'll we'll bounce back and forth. So. It's interesting. He says, "Just run the block, run the ball, and uh, run the clock." Jason, well, that, that 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 works if if the defensive line steps up the way last year's did. Because if you if you can force three and outs and get a lead, and then run the ball on the second second half to bleed the clock with a three score lead, yeah, that's definitely ideal. I think the worry going into this year is that you're going to have more games like Alabama did last year, where Alabama did blow out the easy opponents, but had a lot more. Tough games that came down to the stretch as an elite team than Georgia did. Um, obviously, Georgia, Alabama were pretty even when they, they split. You know, they split both championship games. Uh, but uh, you, you look at Alabama. You know, kind of, kind of the what they went through last year. It was not easy week in week out the way it was for Georgia. I think a lot of that will have to do with the fact that Georgia's defensive line is in a 
I don't want to say rebuild. I don't want to say reload. I want to say maybe regroup. I think you've they've recruited very well at the position. We there's just so many unknowns and variables right now, as we've alluded to, to where I mean, are we going to wind up seeing uh, a bunch of those freshmen step in early? Are we going to is Zion Logue the guy who, who's going to make that next step this year? Um, how how will Robert Beal respond with a full season? I think like it, it, what's interesting with him is that those seem like the quietest six and a half sacks. I mean, there yeah. was, there is so much firepower on that defensive side of the ball. You look at the stat sheet and you're like, my God, this guy led the team in sacks with six and a half. So I'll be interested to see how he does knowing that teams are going to be targeting on him. He obviously came in and benefited, uh, you know, when Adam Anderson uh, was suspended slash kicked off the team. So uh, it, it's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot to learn early in the year. That Oregon game, you know, they they don't have the they don't have the little tune up. You know, they go right into to the Oregon game in Atlanta and. So we'll see immediately what this defensive line is made of. All right, we got a uh, caller jumping in here. Thanks uh, for the call, f- for the uh, comment there. Isaiah Marshall, what's going on, man? I'm back. I got headphones on. There you go. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm. I got. I got. This is my first time using the stream on school computer. Nice. 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 You got a question about the dogs? What dogs? Okay, well, I guess I guess he didn't know, you know. I guess maybe maybe other dogs, you know. I don't know. Two um, W says, uh, "Is Beal the last player on the roster recruited by Don?" And that's a pretty that's a pretty funny one. That's a good uh, one. Yeah, it might be. Rochester was uh, Rochester was there, and then Beal uh, Beal's got gotta be close to like twenty three, twenty four now. <laughs> I know you guys He's been there for a minute. I'm, yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, guys. Just stay with me, okay? Um, just stay with me. Uh, we got another question. Andrew the Beast saying, he's. I, I've got a question. He's wondering who will take over Jermaine Burton's place in the uh, 2022 season. Um, I don't know. Marion Smith. I don't, yeah. I think here's, the, here's what's going to really suck for Georgia fans is uh, Jermaine Burton is going to probably have 1,000 yards next year with Alabama. For sure. Yeah. And Georgia fans are going to be like, well, why couldn't he do that here at Georgia? It's just that it's going to be the same thing as Jameson Williams at Ohio State. You know, he didn't see the ball that much up there. He went down to Alabama, became the number one wide receiver. I don't know if Jermaine Burton has the same speed potential as Jameson Williams does, but uh, he is going to have that same type of same type of impact for Alabama. So don't look at it like that. Uh, once you see those stats, Arian Smith, like Ben said, I mean, you've got a lot of guys who I think could, could jump in and, and benefit uh, from, from him being out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm just thinking because when you look at Jermaine, all of his catches were kind of deep balls. So you got to look at the guys who could stretch the field like him. And to me, that's Ladd McConkey and Arian Smith. I think they signed some freshmen that they like and, you know, I was actually going to post a note either tomorrow or Tuesday on the receivers they currently are recruiting. And, man, they're doing a good job with that. So that's something to keep an eye out for. But I think in terms of Burton, again, like to me, it's about having a deep threat because his freshman year, they threw him a lot of screens and they stopped that. They didn't throw him a single one last year, which boggled my mind. But at the same time, I thought Ladd McConkey stepped up. Arian Smith is just so dang fast that he changes the whole offense outside of the quarterbacks. He's the next weapon to me who changes the offense, him and James cook. If they could have had those two together, I I just, 
it's very hard to prepare for a Georgia team with a guy like that and a running back that can do what James Cook did. That's why I've kind of said the biggest loss on offense is going to be James Cook. It's not going to be George Pickens. It's not going to be Zeus. Because I think if Kendall Milton's healthy, I think he can replace Zeus. I don't know if he's going to be as good, but I think they can be in the same ballpark. Kenny McIntosh is a pretty good back, but is he the receiving back James Cook is? None of us would say that for as good as Kenny is. So that's why I said previously, everyone's going to be harping on Jermaine Burton because he's at Alabama. That's why people are going to harp on him. But it's James Cook who's the one that when everyone's talking about offense next year, that's the guy people need to be talking about that George is going to be missing a lot. Ooh, now, like the, the one guy who – I'm going to throw throw one out for you, uh, yeah. CJ, CJ Smith. Oh. Uh, I think uh, a guy who, who has speed. Uh, uh, what is he? I think I saw he ran under a 10-3. A 10 yeah, he's yeah. just had injury issues. Yeah. yeah. If, if, he, can, he can come in uh, – if he can come in, I, I think he's he's more so the guy who, on the outside, as a – I mean, a- Arian Smith, I, I, I can get down with. Lad, Lad McConkey is like uh, – I don't know how – he's one of those guys – he's not a gadget. He's not possession. We talked about this before. I mean, but you line him up at different spots. But he's somebody that I'm not so sure you put him man-to-man on a, on a big corner, uh, an elite corner, and he's going to win that battle. I, I, I don't I don't know. We don't, I don't think we've really seen that yet. But um, you kind of put him in the slot and try to create mismatches with him with his speed. C.J. Smith is the guy, I think, who can maybe take over that Burton role. Maybe not this year, but but long-term for sure. Uh, I, I think that kid uh, has, has a lot of potential. Uh, Rush 37, Reich? I don't know. Reich, maybe? Correct me if I'm wrong. Reich37 says, TID or Michael is most likely to step up besides Jalen on the defensive line. Uh, Michael will end up a better player at Georgia. I think this season, uh, Ingram Dawkins, because I think he has a better chance to earn more snaps this year. I'm going to go the exact opposite of you, Ben. I think Ingram Dawkins has a better career than Michael Williams in a Georgia Bulldogs uniform. I disagree strongly on that. <laughs> that's, that, that's fine i mean folks said the same thing about jordan davis too uh and and, and he did pretty good so i don't know, I don't know where i fall oh whoa, whoa, whoa you're claiming that you were on the jordan davis train before no i'm oh, what i'm no. saying you never Look, claimed man. that oh we're, we're no 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 somebody you're claimed trying the jordan. To, you're trying to call bs because on bowers oh now you're frozen oh no now you're back um on bowers you were against him, but now you're coming. Well, I was the one that called Jordan Davis. You never called Jordan Davis. No, I'm Nobody not saying did. that. No, no I'm, you don't get I'm, to say that. I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying is TID could step in and be kind of that next Jordan Davis. Nobody's talking about him. Do you think he could pass rush and rack up the sack numbers Michael could at Georgia? Uh, yeah, I think I think he could. I think he could. I don't think so. I think because their body type and where they're going to play. Oh, so when fine. you're looking I mean, at the production, people are going to look at Michael. And I know NFL teams are going to want that interior pass rusher. I think Ingram Dawkins can be a very good one. But the same, I think Mike, if Michael can play four-eye like Trayvon and put up big sack numbers, he's going to be a top-five pick versus Ingram Dawkins, who would probably be a little bit lower at his ceiling, is what I'm saying. Well, I mean, if we're talking about production at Georgia, Trayvon Walker definitely did not have as much production as the other guys, and he went number one overall. So, I mean, if you're talking about the draft, it's a little different. I'm talking about at Georgia. I think Ingram Dawkins can make I mean, if you're going himself. sack numbers, Trayvon technically was more productive than me. You're well, talking about sacks. I'm right, just saying. Right. Te- technically, Six technically, technically. Two to two and a half. Hey. Ch- <laughs> Ch- Chain Swish says, how do we call in? It's a great question, Chain Swish. 
The link's in the uh, description. Go ahead and we give us a Steph call. Curry guy. Yeah, big stuff. Curry guy chain swish is here. John Davis says, guys, worry? I'm not worried. We're going to be fine. Lots of talent and well-coached. Trust me, guys. We're going to be very good. Nobody's saying that Georgia's not. Nobody's saying Georgia's not. I think this is the one position, though, where if you want to get a little scared. I wouldn't even, line, I wouldn't even say scared. Are you not? Are you not scared? Of this no, I, I just think the expectations, it, like compared to 2021, have to be lowered a little bit. I mean, again, I think they've recruited really well. I, I mean, obviously, if injuries uh, occur to the front line, they're not as deep, especially with based on what we know today. They're not as deep as they have been in the past. But I wouldn't be worried at least yet. I, I mean, I, I'm, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with John on talent and well coached. It's a matter of. That talent doesn't compare to – I mean, last year's defensive line with three guys in the first round, that just doesn't happen. That's once in a generation. I mean, it, Alabama doesn't see one position group. Hasn't – I mean, whatever – I mean, I'll have to go back. I'm probably, probably saying a lie when I say this. It doesn't feel like – out of all these drafts that Alabama and LSU have had, that they've been stacked at – a D a D line or uh, more so D line. I don't know. I'm probably making this up. Somebody can probably point it out for me. <laughs> but uh, but it's just one of those things. Especially, I'll, I'll say it just in relative to Georgia. Uh, you know, having grown up around and having seen this program my entire life, essentially, that that roster right there, we haven't seen it. I don't know if we'll ever see it again. It's possible, but that's just where we are right now. So that's all I'm all I'm trying to say. Here's a question for you guys. With so many guys leaving off this defensive line, how long – I don't want to say do you give a pass to uh, because that's that's unfair to those guys uh, playing on that defensive line, but how long do you give them until like you're like, hey, we need to see a little bit more production out of you? Or is it – or the, con, the other side of this is you think they're going to just be able to step in right away and no drop off from last year? Paul, on the season or for their careers? I'm talking about like as a whole defensive line unit. Like this year. How? Yes, uh, this upcoming year. How long do they have, I guess, like a, a grace period to say, yeah, well, they did lose three guys to the first round last year? I think by or, mid-season. Yeah. Um, but I think you should see them really by the end of the year around the SEC championship game really be that unit, that well-oiled unit. Now – the, the thing about this line compared to the other ones, which you've kind of touched up on, Jordan Davis, four years at Georgia. Trayvon, third year at Georgia. Devontae, fifth year in college, fourth at Georgia. Experienced defensive line. Hell, Julian Rochester, 50 years at Georgia. <laughs> so um, when you look at it, this year you're going to see guys like Taron Ingram Dawkins. I mean, look, Jalen Carter is going to be arguably the most experienced guy, and this will be his third year. Uh, yeah. so you look and you say, if Michael Williams cracks the lineup, if that this will be his very first season, if guys like uh Bear Alexander find a way in the rotation, uh, a lot of the redshirt freshmen, like you said, a lot of first and second year guys who haven't played much, even in rotational situations. I think the one name who I don't know why I we haven't brought him up much actually, two guys is Nazir Stackhouse and Warren Brinson. I think they're both sleepers because I think Stackhouse could start at nose tackle, I think that's a real possibility. And then Warren Brinson kind of flashed to me whenever he plays. He always makes like a splash play. Yeah. And he, he goes away a bit when you see him, but then he always makes like a splash play here and there. So I like what those guys could do. I definitely see the talent and see a lot of athleticism with these guys. 
But I think going forward, it's just by the end of the season, you want to see them play well as a unit. Because that's the thing, because we've been talking about the production. No one guy's been productive at Georgia has dominated the stat sheet. Like when you look at Ohio State, the Boses, one of the Boses or Chase Young has dominated the stat sheet. Where are the rest of them? They're nowhere to be found. Georgia's more of a unit that plays together. So you want to see them play as a unit by the end of the season, and you want to see progress by midseason. I don't know if I can, I don't know if you can beat that, Jason. Uh, yeah, Ben's man. over here just yeah. analyzing the hell out of this. I mean, damn, Ben, really stepping up your game. I will send you some more money. You're doing good. Yeah, you, you <laughs> sent me the, the posted note. Yeah, I threw it away. I, I do have to make my um, bold predictions at some point. Yeah, we'll do bold predictions like predictions early. Yeah, we'll do like bold predictions. You know, a couple months from now, whatever. Not during the dog days of summer. There's nothing to predict yet. Uh, speaking of prediction, though. We can, and this is uh, the infamous question now that we've gone through what feels like 17 position groups and we still have two more to go, uh, is the transfer portal. Ben, you talked about it earlier, uh, but the transfer portal in terms of defensive line, I mean, at this point, I don't even, I, I feel like we've been waiting for two or three guys to come to Georgia. Uh, through the transfer portal, not just defensive line, two or three guys, and it just hasn't happened, right? The, the scholarships haven't opened up for whatever reason. Uh, things have moved past. Isaiah Land was a hot name coming out of FAMU who had like felt like 20 sacks, I think, for them or something crazy like that. He decided to go back to FAMU. Now it seems like if you want to get a kid out of the portal that's worth his weight in, in gold, you're going to have to pay him his worth in weight in gold. Like you're going to have to put up millions of dollars to get this kid on your football team defensive line is that a position we could see a transfer i mean right now it just feels weird because i feel like we would have seen somebody transfer in by now and we haven't yeah i think um defensive line specifically edge if we're counting edge in that group um i think that's where you could see uh, an addition possibly again Robert Beal. I mean, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to put him down by saying this, but they were quiet six and a half sacks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's not to say that he can't be a double digit guy. But when you look at uh, production at edge, that's going to be back. You have to think to yourself, can you upgrade? And I think the portal is a place where Georgia could potentially upgrade. So I could see that uh, for sure. I could see depth additions inside um, if. If Georgia can make it happen, I think D-line. I mean, Kirby loves depth on both sides of the offensive-defensive line. I think he has it on the offensive line. Defensive line, you know, I think there are so many unknowns that if he can get a veteran in the portal uh, who who can contribute and, uh, you know, play a, you know, a good 40% of the snaps, yeah, he'll, he'll 100% make that addition to the D-line. Ben? Yeah, I just think going forward, when you look at Georgia as a program – I don't think outside of maybe Texas A&M because of whatever the hell they pulled off this year, anybody's going to have as talented of a defensive line as Georgia. I can't think of um, – you look really? at Clemson. I mean, Clemson this year maybe. But you look – I remember talking to people. Um, I had a Clemson buddy who actually worked there who would always tell me, like, why would a defensive lineman ever go to Georgia? They never get a defensive lineman drafted. And then to have that, you're going to have four first-rounders on one team – like you're looking at the success rate of defensive players at Georgia. I, if, if I was a fan, I would not be concerned because of how well this team has played. They always are a top five defense. I wouldn't really be stressing over 
the unit. Hmm. So no, so no additions needed in terms of portal. I don't think needed. I think it's more of if there's a player there, you, you go and take one is, is what I'm saying. Like if there's an all American level player, okay. But I don't think it's that dire of like, we have to take a guy. Cause if there's not a guy who's going to start, cause this is what I think Kirby's mindset is. I'm only taking a portal guy who's going to come in and take another scholarship from a high school guy. If he's going to start or be a key rotation piece, I'm not taking a guy who's going to be a backup and sit a year because I could just take a high school guy to do that. So that's what I, where Kirby's at, where if there's no talented enough guys in the portal, because I know you haven't brought up a name or Jason, really anybody, Roddy, nobody's no. really brought up any names. So it's no. like, we don't even know anybody out there who's good enough to potentially come in and start right away in the portal. Uh, Jordan Addison, but I don't know if they're <laughs> going to throw $3 million there. Uh, if they're going to throw $3 million, Jordan Addison, okay, that's your guy. You know, that's a bold take by me, but, yeah. you know. I mean, look at it this way. Tyman Mitchell was projected to be Georgia's, I guess, third string nosed, and he ended up signing with TCU after transferring. So, I mean, he'll probably get some run with TCU as well. So if that makes you feel a little bit better, dog fans, uh, you've, you've got a guy that probably wasn't going to see the field for you this year in time and Mitchell Jr. Hasn't really seen the field at all and uh, signed a scholarship with TCU. Pretty good program. Not the worst. You know, I mean, they, they've, they've been right over there. Uh, this is a question from Jared Brooks. He says, uh, Dean, as in Nicobe Dean, was definitely the alpha of last year's defense. Who is going to be that? alpha this year who's going to be the dog who's going to be who's going to be that guy on the uh defensive side of the ball because nicobe was that guy they showed that clip of him pushing uh shannon tindall around fifty thousand times during yeah. the NFL draft. i have a sleeper i want to throw out there but i don't think i can do it do it who's gonna, i was gonna who? say Jalen walker was gonna be the alpha as a freshman Wow. Take. Uh, ben, I feel like I it's got to be an inside linebacker. Ben, if I could remove you from this show for the, for an extended period of time, it would be after that comment right there. That <laughs> Jalen said Georgia shouldn't – there's a justifiable cause to not take Arch Manning. So I don't want to hear any take from you. Ben, you here's know, the Mine's a positive. And you're trying to say number one recruit in the country, don't take them. I'm Look. saying, you know, this kid has the mindset. Like if you're saying Nicobe Dean or you're saying who's going to be the alpha – if you're saying who's the next Nicobe Dean, I think it's Jaylon. He's a four. No, who's going to be the next? Position. Who's going to be the next alpha? Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the guy on the defense? I mean, Nolan right Smith. right now, I would say Nolan Smith. But yes. but that I is think the correct answer. But I think like I have my sleeper would be uh, one of the inside linebackers. Now I don't know how that shape you know shakes out. Smile Munden or I mean, he, he, whoever is Dean's natural replacement. I mean, who has to call the relay the plays to the defense and 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 whatnot uh but that said in terms of leadership uh, it falls on nolan smith i think like as the uh the veteran likely uh non-defensive not like second best defender you know non-defensive lineman it's just usually you don't see the 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 interior guy be that guy i mean you would think jalen carter but um yeah nolan smith also a vocal guy so i, I would I would tend to think him. That would be that yeah, would be I my would, guy. I would go with Nolan as being the alpha. Um, it's it's going to be really curious to me though how William Poole and Chris Smith, they're both very soft spoken guys. 
see if one of those guys can step up and be there for the secondary. Hmm. If I was to pick one, it would definitely be Chris Smith. He's definitely had some more confidence come into him in the past few years. Uh, but I'm curious who will kind of lead that secondary. Maybe Keely Ringo. I don't know if I think Tyke Smith's a sleeper to be one of the alphas on the team. I think Ooh, so. I like that. Not I think Ringo, so. but one of the guys. I think he like that. You can't like you can say Nicobe Dean's the guy because he was the play caller. He was a smart guy. He was the alpha. Okay. Jordan Davis was an alpha in his own right. So a lot of these guys were leaders. I think Tyke Smith could be a leader. Okay. Because like if you check social media, he's commenting on all these guys' posts. Every single guy that got drafted, he was hyping up his teammates. He's a really experienced guy. To me, Ty Key's a guy who's really an X factor this year because to me, he entered the year's PFS number eight player in the last year, but he missed all last year. So that's why he's a guy who's not getting talked about enough because he's a small corner. He's really a nickel corner, but he could be a guy who's a day two draft pick next year because of his limitation with his position and size. But he's a guy who I think is going to be really underrated in what George is going to do this year. Nobody's talking about it all. I'm with you on that. Um, I think he's going to be the leader of that whole secondary. Just just being the fact that he's a veteran, he's, he produced at a, a different school. Um, uh, he, he he really, I think, will will kind of be able to bring everybody together. Um, Keely Ringo is an interesting guy for the secondary in terms of leadership. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if we've really heard much about him in terms of being that vocal presence. But Tyke Smith really seems to fit the bill as, as that guy. I love that. Um, I love that take, Ben. I think you're spot on there. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, David Montgomery put a big message in. He said, they'll be fine. Plenty of playing time for them last year. That's why no one on the defensive lineman stats uh, just jump out at you because Kirby rotated his defensive lineman well. He did do that. He, he did a very good job of that. The problem is he had – guys who play the majority of the snaps now in the NFL. So you have to now find the backups who rotated in for those guys, as well as uh, also, you know, the backups for the guys that were backups last year. So Bear Alexander is a good name to maybe keep in mind. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing how this defense rises up to the occasion oh uh you know go ahead go ahead ben. but paul one thing that i'm curious about because we talked about the we've kind of talked about the draft still about how many guys are replacing i'm curious on this team because i feel like going into the season you know the draft's kind of going to clear out of our minds a bit right now if you're sure. pick- I, I don't well, I, first i don't think i don't think kirby is going to let this draft clear out of anybody's mind for a long yeah, time yeah, with yeah, i'm talking guys. about next year Okay. Okay. How many first round picks does Georgia have next year? On the I see that there's going to be a range. I think we would all agree you could possibly see as low as two, as high as I think five. I'm going to guess four next year. Uh, we already know two, two are Carter and uh, and Smith. Who who are your other? I would three? say I would say Carter and Ringo are locks. A Ringo. Okay. So I Carter think Carter Ringo. Smith, Smith I think I think third. I think Smith is a lock. You would put him as a lock. I think he's strong. I think very likely. Right now, I would definitely put him there. And that's Nolan for everybody listening. Uh, Nolan, not Tyke. Or Chris. Um, or Chris. <laughs> yeah. I think. Oof. I think Robert Robert Beal's your wild card as an edge guy. If he goes, if he gets, if he gets double digit sacks, I don't. I think he's got. I saw one mock draft with six, and he was like thirty. I I don't see that one as much. Yeah. I, I think it's. 
there's uh, he's a wild card to me. I, I don't see it now, but I mean, I, as just the way the NFL values edge guys, if he if he ends up with twelve sacks somehow, I mean, uh, and and looks good doing it, then some team might might, might do it, might make that reach, uh, so to speak. I mean, could be warranted, it could be not. It's just edge guys, edge guys, and quarterbacks. Those are your positions that go higher than maybe their their grade would otherwise warrant. Because to yeah, me, you got Carter, Ringo, and Nolan Smith. Okay, so we have those three. To me, the two that I think could strongly do it, one worries me a bit, would be Arik Gilbert because of, you know, the previous stuff. So sure. That's going to be something that even if he has the season, does that affect him in the draft process? Arik has first-round talent. To me, the guy, and this would be my bold prediction on the season, if I did, or for a player, Roderick Jones potentially goes top 10. Reason I say this. He was the highest graded PFF guy in the national championship game. And I really tried to look at this from a variety of ways. The offensive tackle class next year is really weak. He could, you know, if you're the number one tackle, even if you're like the 20th best player, you could go top 10. Broderick could be in that situation. So that's why I think Broderick Jones would is the other guy who I think could go first round as high as top 10 because of how weak the position is. If he has one great year on film, he has the athleticism to do well at the combine. And now after Trayvon Walker, I've said this, I'm going to look at the guys on the team. Aaron Smith can have 500, yards. He runs a 4-2. He could go first, second round with very little production. That's how I look at some of these guys now. If you're seeing Trayvon Walker go first, you got to look at some of these guys combined. So I think Broderick, Arik, and the three guys we named could all go first round, but I'm going to go four guys go first round next year. James Cook's a good example of, of that. I mean, granted, running backs don't go – most running backs don't go first round anymore, but as a second rounder with what, 600 something yards and yep. uh, three or four. I mean, he wasn't a guy, he's not a guy who put up stats, but go to the, you know, you, you have the, the freakish, uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a freak when it comes to workouts and you got the speed, you can catch the ball. Yeah. Anything can happen at that point. Teams I'm will going, find you. I'm going three. I'm going three as a safe bet, but I mean, I could see both of those, Ben. I could see both of those. I'm not, discrediting any of those caleb porter says uh curb and keely ringo to lead once he wants ringo to lead because i could see that i could see ringo, uh, ringo also wanted to kind of step up and be that leader as well so you know um guys wrapping it up a little bit make it short since it's mother's day so we can uh, get everybody back to their families defensive line was a topic of today's discussion uh a lot of holes to fill from last year's team that's a good thing you had guys go on to the NFL, Trayvon Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis. But it's going to be very interesting next year to see how this defensive line molds. Who's going to step up next to Jalen Carter? He's a monster. There is no questioning that. But every team is going to try to, you know, cycle in on him, zone in on him. Who's going to be that guy to step up next to him? Is it going to be some of those true freshmen? You know, that that's – this is the most – intriguing position to me out of all of the positions we've done so far and probably will be my most intriguing position with linebackers inside. We'll do inside linebackers and secondary as, as the final wrap up show for uh, the roster. But this is my, this is my most interesting position uh, going into this because you lost so much production and the guys that were backing up your main starters last year. Yes. Like Ben said, Warren Brinson made a play here or there. You would see his name. Walther was in there a lot. Didn't really hear about a ton of stops from Walther, but he played a lot. Didn't see TID last year at all, uh, hardly. And now you've got to find somebody to uh, step up and play a lot of 
lot of snaps on your defensive line. Who who's it going to be? You know, are they going to pick up a Ben Bachman, that scrappy three star that comes in and just outworks everybody? They're going to take the five star and Jason Butt, and you know just let him go out there and play. They're going to take a low four star and Paul Meharry, who just you know has been going oh, and wow. just grinding it out. Oh wow! You know, I don't know. You made it higher than me. That, that that's the biggest <laughs> BS I've ever seen. Uh, that's some BS right there, Paul. <laughs> I know my points might be I'm I'm shooting strong today, but I I'm not shooting you level low, Paul. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you're shooting, you are shooting strong today, but I, I'm serious, guys. I really don't know how this position is going to play out and pan out, and it's it's going to be very interesting to see. Like, I cannot wait till the post game overreaction show after Oregon to talk about who got the snaps on the defensive line. Like, I know that might sound corny, but I want to see who's going to be out there with Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, I, I want to see who's really going to, to get that time, get that shine. I think inside linebackers more intriguing. Just my, my take, because we haven't seen any of them. Not a single one. We've seen Wall Power a bit. We've seen Carter. Who have we seen on inside linebacker that played a lot we, last year? Dumas Johnson got in on some mop-up duty and looked really good. Number ones of other teams. Yeah. None of look, them. you didn't have look you inside linebacker, you didn't have to put anybody in there because you had three guys freaking drafted that played inside linebacker. Exactly. So you like three inside linebackers versus three D linemen, especially when you like especially when you look at Georgia last year. I just think that it's more intriguing for inside because we haven't seen Jalen Walker, we haven't seen Munden, we haven't seen Sori, we haven't seen um is is Rion Davis or Marshall gonna play? Uh, yeah, we talked about Dumas Johnson a little bit, Mop of Duty. Besides him, Mop of Duty, who have we really seen? Not, not no, I, I agree. I agree. I just the the thing that gets me with this defensive line is you have a lot of guys like Stackhouse, Brinson, Logue that all could step up and be that next guy. But I'm gonna I'm just curious who's going to be the next guy. Inside linebacker is going to be fun to watch, but I don't question. I don't question anybody on the coaching staff, but you definitely don't question Glenn Schumann uh, on his guys. He's had guys drafted, you know, from every class. So if anybody knows anything, Schumann is going to get the best linebackers out there. Well, somebody, somebody correct me, though. I mean, like, I think the thing that, that Ben said that stands out is that I think under Schumann, you at least had – a linebacker that kind of bridged the gap. You didn't have just a whole total change of three guys. Yeah. To me, though, to me, there I'll be the I'll be have the lame answer, the non-debatable one, and say they're both equally as intriguing because Ooh. anytime, anytime uh, you have that many guys from a unit leave and you got to replace them, and inside linebacker, you know your numbers are what half more less than half of what your D line if you're counting edge, um, right. you know. So D line, I mean. Yes, you're replacing a lot of guys, but you're also going to play more guys by default, just based on the on the nature of the position, um, needing to rotate inside linebacker. Not as much. I think those guys are built. Obviously, they're you know in the 240 to 255 range, a little more cardiovascular tended. I don't know how the best way to put that. They they got better stamina typically. They can run around yeah. a little more. Um, so yeah, you don't rotate those guys as much. So we really haven't seen those guys. Uh, it's equally as intriguing, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Schumann has had a situation where at inside linebacker they've gone just complete wholesale change where everybody that was a major factor contributor is gone. 
going into the next season. And so to me, that's like, you know, I'm trying to think because you had, I mean, even with uh, Tay Crowder Crowder and uh, when was night, when was Natrez? Yeah, on was with I think he went on Did he go undrafted? But I know he played a while. Yeah, but but Natrez was with Roquan, and then you had Tay Crowder with Monty Rice, right? And I, I think and Tay, and Tay Crowder played. But Dean played alongside Monty Rice a lot. I'm trying to think of yeah. All those guys play a lot. You saw Quay Walker play a little bit. And I remember Shaden Tindall was playing as a freshman. You liked him as a freshman, Paul. I remember you got sacked. I, I think it was against Kentucky. So those I guys, you saw them play meaningful time. So I, th- I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, I think that seven, the uh, 16 season is, is when, because you had, you had Roquan and you had Natrez. Yeah. And I guess Tay Crowder got in here and there. And was Monty Rice a freshman that year? Oh, I don't know. You're asking tough questions, but I, I get it. He was a freshman. Yeah, I think he was. So, but those guys really, that might've been the last time because yeah. right. Tate Crowder was your guy who, who played probably a little bit. Um, that's probably the last, that, that probably, that probably is the, the only parallel, but to have these three guys, but these three guys, you know, that, that just went to the NFL, you know, Dean Tendall and Walker. I mean, those guys were, I mean, you across the board freakish. And yeah. um, so we, we really don't know. I, I think there was a little bit more of, okay, we kind of know what these, these guys are coming in, uh, that they're going to step up and you had a, you know, a veteran and take Crowder. We really don't know anything about inside linebacker. We, we can hold more of that conversation for next week. Obviously. I think I kind of derailed us a little bit. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> throw out another random one and say, cause I, you know, it's a heated debate. Who, who's a better Georgia linebacker, Kobe Dean or Roquan? That's an interesting yeah. Really so maybe maybe that's a little Ben. That's what we call in showbiz a tease. We can yeah, tease next week. Next maybe next show. week we'll, we'll throw that in there a little bit. Yeah. There's now, a like pass on the inside linebackers as well for time. Two, two Buckkiss Award winners. Uh, I'm curious. One has, I'm curious. One, yeah. One has a national title. The other was a first rounder. I'm oh I'm very curious because I, I have a pick for that. I for sure have a pick for that. Well, I'm gonna have to, um, I'm gonna have to do a deep dive. I need to. I could understand either side. So even yeah. if I go against Paul, I can respect him. I can respect yeah. whatever Paul says. <laughs> Have both sides teed up so the Paul Gibbs' answer just go with the other way. Which Ben, which answer do you think I'm going with? I'm not going to tell you which one. Who who do you think, Dean or Roquan? Oh, I'm torn on where you're going. Yeah, where I'm going, not where you're you going. You know what? Where I know where I'm going, so I'm going to say you're going with Dean. I don't I don't I don't know if that's true. Um I don't know. You don't know, but you said you do know. Okay. Uh, I he, he, he was there. He, both sides. He, he Jason started to play in both sides. And now no, I, 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 I know who I, I know who it is. It's, it's Roquan, 100% to me. But we'll di- we'll dive into that deeper. Uh, okay. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's Roquan for me. Uh, guys, we appreciate you watching this UGA Sports Call-In show. Uh, we did have a call-in. I don't know what was going on with that, but we'll uh, hopefully get some more call-ins. Guys, we appreciate all the comments. Caleb Porter, Muhammad Marlon Green. David Montgomery, Phil Rogers, uh, Reich37, John Davis, Chain Swish, Andrew the Beast. We appreciate all you guys uh, chiming in over on the YouTube. If you came in late, you can rewatch it on YouTube. We're also going to have it as a podcast. Before you leave, though, guys, please hit a like up on the video. Helps us out a ton. Get out some more dog fans. Tell three of your friends so they can join us next Sunday at 8 o'clock. We're going to be talking about inside linebackers and defensive backs. Uh, so be curious to know. And also, who is the better linebacker at Georgia? 
and the Kobe Dean or Roquan Smith. We'll leave that for next week. Uh, for Ben Bachman, Jason Butt, and the entire UGA sports community, we appreciate you guys for watching. I'm Paul Meharry, and we'll see you next week, 8 o'clock. Uh, let me get us out of here. Hold on. I've lost it. Let's get out. See you guys.